Hey, this is Dean Winchester. Thanks for checking out Supernatural Speakeasy Podcast. Don't forget to get a like, subscribe, do all that other crazy crap. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Supernatural Speakeasy. I'm Natasha. This is Michelle. Hey, hey. This week, we're going over episode six, No Exit. Okay, this is your spoiler warning. We're going to talk all things supernatural. So, if you don't want anything ruined for you, pause, go watch some supernatural, and come right back. On the road so far, one of Sam's premonitions leads them to a pair of twin brothers who can control minds. One of them, of course, is an evil twin. Using his powers to kill. And fortunately, the boys and the good twin are able to stop him. So, moving on to this episode, No Exit. In the opening, a girl is on the phone complaining about why her apartment wasn't fixed up before she moved in. The wiring wasn't fixed, so her lights are constantly flickering. Um... I can totally relate to this because I know one time Don and I moved into a new place and on the day that we were going to move in, the carpet was not replaced and it was gross. (laughs) I mean, the stains all over the place, it was nasty and we were like, um, hello, why isn't this ready? So I could totally relate with this chick (laughs) having something that's not ready. When she gets off the phone, she notices a blob of black goo on her coffee table. Then some more drips on her shoulder. She looks up and doesn't see any sign of a leak on her ceiling. Weird. Then she hears scratching noises in the walls. The noise gets louder as she moves over to an exposed socket in the wall. And she looks closer and sees an eye staring back at her. And she screams, oh my god! Uh, I would totally be screaming too. And can I just say, whatever this thing is, I was waiting for it to ask her if she's seen his precious. (laughs) (laughs) Because he was giving me major Gollum vibes. <laughs> the boys get their next case from Joe at the roadhouse. Young blonde women have been disappearing in the same apartment building over the past 80 years, which is why the cops never noticed the pattern. Ellen wants the boys to take the case because she is forbidding Joe to go. So the boys leave to go work on the case because it's a real taco taco kind of situation they when they get into the roadhouse they you know come into the middle of joe and ellen having this huge argument about this case and how she's not gonna go so that's how the boys ended up with this case When Sam and Dean check out the apartment, they find the exposed socket with the black goo. Then they hear someone talking to the manager in the hallway. 
And who is it? Oh, it's Joe! Posing as Dean's girlfriend, wanting to rent the vacant apartment. So Joe just big fat went on the case anyways, even though her mom did not want her to do it. Using the apartment as their base, the three make a plan to search the building. Joe accompanies Dean as they scan the building. And Dean is shocked to learn that Joe wanted to work this case as the bait. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, it was, it sounded pretty logical. I mean, she's the demographic that this creepy monster is after, so she's perfect. <laughs> they split up briefly, and we see a gray, we see gray, Dirty fingers reach for Joe through a grate in the wall. <laughs> so gross. That moment actually reminded me of um, Suicide Squad um, when Enchantress, when uh, she first makes that uh, change into Enchantress. That's what her the fingers reminded me of. <laughs> Dean returns and Joe scans the grate, which makes her EMF detector glow red. Dean looks inside and pulls out a piece of the last victim's scalp. Oh, so gross. Oh, my gosh. And he's not even wearing gloves. I'm just thinking in my brain of bloodborne pathogens. (laughs) Please don't touch me. Disgusting. Meanwhile, another young woman in the same building is reading a flyer when black goo drips onto the paper. The lights begin to flicker and the ceiling and the walls begin cracking. She picks up the phone, but all she gets is static. She tries to leave, but she can't seem to open the door. The crack on the wall leads to another grate. And of course, these same creepy fingers reach through the grate. The woman screams, and the hand grabs her leg. Oh, my God! <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Freaky. Freaky, freaky stuff. Sam finds out from the cops outside that another girl went missing. The three do more research and find out that the apartment was built on land next to a building that was used um, no. <laughs> that used to be a prison. The land the apartment was built on was used to execute people by hanging them. So they kind of found their connection. And the three look through the list of people executed. And they find the name of a person who was the first serial killer who killed blonde women and kept their long, bloody locks of hair as trophies. This is so disgusting. I just can't even right now. The um, murderer, the serial killer, named Holmes, had built an apartment building and called it Murder Castle. He had built inside trap doors, acid vats, and secret chambers inside the walls. So this dude, he was a bad dude. This trio decides to break some walls to see if Teresa, who's the latest victim, 
if she is inside the walls, hopefully still alive. Dean and Joe start walking down some of these passageways inside the apartment walls. When it becomes too narrow, Joe moves on while Dean tries to meet her on the other side. Unfortunately, black, the black goo we know now is ectoplasm begins flowing out of the wall. I mean, okay, before we just saw it just kind of dripping. And in this scene, it is just... gushing out of the walls it's disgusting and joe is just kind of standing there i'm sorry tell me again why you're not running away from the black grossness of it all anyways (laughs) um dean okay so she doesn't run but we do hear her scream or dean hears her scream And he breaks another wall, but he's too late. All he sees is her cell phone. Yikes! And by the way, I don't know that I could do what they were doing, crawling inside the walls. I would, I think I would get just a little claustrophobic in there. That's exactly what I was thinking when watching this episode. I was like, I was like, oh God, like, she's like, I could fit in there. I was like, oh, in there, like. Better you than me, because she's small enough, but I don't care if her was small enough. I would have still went good with me. <laughs> I'm like, nope. <laughs> Especially if I'm by myself. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. <sighs> Sam and Dean go back to the apartment, and Joe's mom calls. P.S. This isn't the first time she called. She called pretty much when the first time was when Joe was there when they find out that she's working the case. And Dean ends up lying to Ellen saying that she's not there. So this time, the second time that mom calls, she is furious to find out that Joe is there. And she found out because Joe contacted Ash to do a little research on um, the building, the apartment building, to see what they, he could find out. And Ellen found out. When Dean tells Ellen they'll get Joe back, she says she's taking the next flight out. Sam finds old blueprints showing where an old sewer was beneath the apartment building. Okay. I thought it was beneath the apartment building, but then later on when they go find this old sewer, it doesn't look like it's under the apartment building. Do you remember? Is it in the apart- under the apartment building or the land next to the apartment building? I think it was next to it. I think you were starting to say there was a line, you know, going probably next to it, but then he was like, let's go, and then <laughs> okay. Them. Okay, that makes more sense, because I wrote that down in my notes, and then later on in the show, they're coming, when they come out of the sewer, there's not, they're not coming out into another room of a building that's just outside air, (laughs) so I was a little confused. Okay, so it's, the sewer is in the land next to the apartment building. Meanwhile... Joe wakes up in a very small compartment. I thought she was inside a coffin at first. Um, because, 
like I said, it was very small. She looks up above her, and it looks like there are claw marks on the ceiling or the roof uh, or inside of this um, compartment. Didn't end up being a coffin. It's just this really tiny hole <laughs> where she's trapped in, locked up in. She hears something and finds out that it's Teresa and she is still alive. And she's also trapped in another little compartment. Holmes's spirit comes back and rips out a lock of Joe's hair and then tells her she's so pretty and reaches for Joe to caress her. <laughs> oh my God. <gasps> That part always creeped me out. Like, oh, <laughs> don't touch me, please. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it gave me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> I mean, I felt like I needed to take a shower after that. <laughs> yes. no. Joe stabs his dirty filthy hand with her father's knife, which is pure iron. So, naturally, the iron um, messed himself up since he's a spirit. So, yeah, good job for having the knife. <laughs> Sam and Dean shoot Holmes with rock salt and free Joe and Teresa. Joe is ready to leave, but Dean tells her that her plan to be bait, that's kind of the only plan they have left. Because Holmes's body was buried under tons of concrete, they can't salt and burn the body. So, Joe's presence lures Holmes back, and the boys shoot down bags full of salt that end up surrounding Holmes in a ring of salt. So he cannot leave that ring. He is trapped. And to make sure that nothing disturbs the salt to where he can escape back to the apartments. The three leave that, the sewer area and they pour cement into the old sewer to seal in homes. For good. <laughs> Creepy. Sam, Dean, and Joe are on their way back to the roadhouse with Ellen and we've got another awkward moment. Um, oh, man. It's silent. You can see Ellen is fuming. And <laughs> Dean kind of tries to play some music. <laughs> and uh, it was a funny moment because um, I forgot the name of the song, but <laughs> it starts with... You're cold as ice or something like that. <laughs> and then she shuts that crap off and they drive in silence all the way back to the roadhouse. <laughs> um, Joe and Ellen go inside and we find out that on Joe's father's last hunt, he had a partner to back him up. Unfortunately, things went sideways and Joe's dad died. And who was the partner? 
John Winchester. Dun, dun, dun. So now we see that little bit of history that Joe, I mean, not Joe, that Ellen has with Sam and Dean's father. Because they had always wondered why he had never mentioned Ellen before. Well, oh, uh, kind of sort of killed her husband. Whoopsies. <laughs> um, yeah, so. And by the way, how many secrets did Daddy Winchester have? Enough with the secrets. You had enough of them when you're alive. Now, when you're dead, we're going to discover all the things. Oh, my gosh. Poor Sam and Dean. Um, <laughs> when they went to the, at the beginning of the episode, where they were at the roadhouse and they heard them arguing. They go in there and they're, they're arguing whatever and then that family comes in there. <laughs> they're like, are you guys open? And like, one of them says yes, one's like, no. And then <laughs> they're like, turn to leave. And dad's like, we'll just check the RVs out. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> oh man. I mean, that was random but funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was like, in Arby's? I was like, who goes to Arby's anymore? <laughs> I, like, I haven't been to Arby's in a while. So. But, uh, I was like, well, this is like 2006, and they lose the little thing. I don't know. But, <laughs> but, no, it was hilarious. But, um, and I was like, also, whenever um, the second girl got taken, I'm like, how did they get to the vents? Like, like you can put your hand through there, but how did they? How did he grab them? Like that vent isn't big enough for a, a human body to get through there. Yeah, the way. Okay, so first we see the spirit act like he's solid and he's reaching only his fingers through the grates, and when and the second victim, he, I guess. We see that he's a spirit because then he just lunges his arm out to grab the lady. But I'm not sure how he got them down there because it doesn't look like you could fit your whole body through the little grate openings. Exactly. I was like, how? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was confused on that part as well. I rate this episode four and a half. Impala's out of five. What do you think, Natasha? Four and a half. Alona Tao, who plays Joe. Um, I looked her up like a while ago, but um, turns out she was born, I think, in Jerusalem. So Hebrew is her first language, <laughs> and English is her second language. Oddly enough, not oddly, but which is really cool. But <laughs> And um, during the episode, um, when uh, she found that ectoplasm or whatever, um, when Dean reached his hand and found that piece of hair, <laughs> Dean was like, Mom's a talk, and that's what meant. Reminded me of it. I was like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 or whatever. So. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I did find some uh, trivia on IMDb. Um, a lot of stuff about the 
um, antagonist in our episode that I didn't know. So it says, unlike most of the demon spirits and creatures that the Winchester brothers hunt, the ghost in this episode is based on a real life historical figure. The serial killer Herman Webster Mudgett, a.k.a. Dr. Henry Howard Holmes. Many of the details mentioned by the Winchesters about H.H. Holmes are historically true. He did confess to 27 murders, nine confirmed. He did build a so-called murder castle in Chicago so he would be able to carry out his crimes in secret. There is evidence that he used chloroform in at least some of his crimes. He was executed by hanging in Philadelphia, and at his request, he was buried in concrete so no one would be able to molest his corpse thing. So then I just kind of weaved all of that stuff in there into the episode. I had no idea any of that was true. Um, there's also a photograph that we see on the show of um, one of the victims and the IMDB trivia says the photograph of the victim H.H. Holmes was said to have murdered was actually a photograph of Jack the Ripper's victim Elizabeth Stride from 1888 handwriting and that goes on I, that, I just there was a lot of interesting stuff it goes on to say handwriting samples from Holmes and Jack the Ripper's from hell letter at least 97% matched. The reason these murders are attributed to Holmes is due to at least a few of them being killed by mutilation of their organs. It is thought only a surgically trained doctor could pull this off. Mysteriously, these murders took place during a blind spot in Holmes's recorded history. This has led many, including some of Holmes's descendants, to believe that H.H. H. Holmes is indeed Jack the Ripper. If this is true, Elizabeth Stride would have been another victim of his. And the last little bit about this um, real-life serial killer says, In 2003, historical author Eric Larson wrote the book The Devil in the White City, Murder, Magic, and Madness at the Fair that Changed America. It is a factual account of the 1893 World's Fair and the cunning serial killer H.H. H. Holmes, who used the fair as his charismatic charm, excuse me, and his charismatic charm to lure the vic his victims to their deaths in his World's Fair motel, which secretly housed both a gas chamber and crematorium. What? Oh my gosh! How is this real? <laughs> that is just sick. Yes. It's like this real life dude could have given um, those benders from season one a run for their money. Hey, did we have any questions this week? Um, yeah. <laughs> one. Um, when Joe and Ellen were arguing, she called her by her like first and middle name. She said, Joe and Beth, I was like, oh, <laughs> I said, not the first and middle name. <laughs> so my question is, <laughs> have you ever been, has your mom or dad, whoever, 
ever like used your first your full name in like have you ever gotten in trouble and had your full name used? Actually, no. Nope. Not at all. That's never been a thing. Or at least I don't remember them using my whole name like that. Um no, nah, it's just usually Michelle or Joy. That's my sister. <laughs> we did it wrong. <laughs> but no, what about you? No, no, not me, but <laughs> my brothers. Huh? <laughs> 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 a couple of them, like, oh gosh, <laughs> but no, not me personally. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. I'm going to have Dean and Cass tell everyone where they can find us on our socials. And if you guys like what you've been hearing on our podcast, please give us a good rating on whatever platform you're listening to. That'll help us out a lot. And until next time, carry on, everyone. Thanks, everybody, for watching. This is Dean Winchester. Uh, don't forget to check out... Uh, Supernatural Speakeasy on Facebook, also Instagram at SPN, and then one of those little little under dash things, and then Speakeasy. Uh, here's my buddy Cass to read out the Twitter. Uh, Dean, I I don't really know what I'm doing here, but uh, follow these people on what is it? Uh, Twitter? What's a Twitter? Twitter at SPN. Speak easy.